Welcome to GovInnovator. I'm Andy Feldman. Our focus today is the data warehouse of Allegheny County, Pennsylvania, a leading example in the U.S. of an integrated data system that brings together human services data and other client data to improve outcomes for individuals and also evaluate what works. Our guest is Aaron Dalton from the county's Department of Human Services. Here's a clip. It's clear to me, and I think many people have looked at our work, that it is a better way to spend resources, but I think it does take political courage to take a dollar of, for example, child welfare or mental health money and invest it smartly in technology and analytics. Allegheny County is in the southwestern part of Pennsylvania and includes Pittsburgh. It's a leader in using data to improve the results of its human services programs. In particular, the county's Department of Human Services created its data warehouse in 1999. The initiative started by consolidating its own internal human services data relating to topics such as behavioral health, child welfare, and homelessness services. Over time, the warehouse expanded to include data from other agencies, as well as the Pittsburgh Public Schools. To learn more, including how the data warehouse is used, we're joined by Erin Dalton. She's the Deputy Director of the Office of Data Analytics, Research, and Evaluation within the county's Department of Human Services. She's been in that role since 2007. Erin, welcome, and start us off, if you would, by giving us an overview of the data warehouse in your own words. Thanks. Yes, in in our case, it is bringing data together from various um, county uh, and state entities into one infrastructure that's kind of continuously loaded. So one of the differences um, in our data infrastructure compared to other folks who have integrated data warehouses or integrated data systems, they're sometimes called, is that our data system was put together for management purposes to manage the, the department where others are put together for research solely and are not permitted to be used for operational purposes or put together for a one-time research study. So just a a tiny bit of history. The the County Department of Human Services came together in the late 90s. We were previously a number of disparate uh, departments, so aging and child protective services, mental health and drug and alcohol, intellectual disabilities, and so on. They were all separate agencies that came together in the late 90s in one department. At that time, there was kind of a running joke that when the director would ask how many people we served, he would ask any one of those directors uh, how many people we served, and the number always outnumbered the number of people in the county. And that was because people are involved in multiple service systems at the same time. And so without one unique set of client data, you not only cannot answer basic management questions, you also cannot coordinate their care and help to make sure that they're, we're not duplicating services and get them to the right services at the right time. And before we get into a specific example, tell us about the different goals of the data warehouse. Sure. The primary goal is to really help the workforce, whether it's our internal workforce or our extensive provider network, to understand what's going on with the, the folks who they're working with and trying to get them to the best services possible. Uh, Certainly another goal is analytics. We do try to use these data to go beyond describing the various service systems, but also to put tools in the hands of the workforce. And then lastly, we we really see this as a community resource. We try to make information available to the community around broad set of social services issues, not just the ones we run, but um, also about data that we just have in our our data warehouse. Um, Perhaps a good example of that is is looking at homicides and suicides and overdoses. So 
we don't run the medical examiner's office for sure. There's a there's a medical examiner here, but we support his efforts by doing analytics, uh, doing analysis of that data and making it available to the public. We also share these data with researchers who, you know, under the right agreements, who are trying to understand both what's going on in our community and also to use these data to understand what's happening um, in a more global sense. And give us an example, if you would, Aaron, to help our listeners understand how these integrated data are used in practice. Okay. One of the major projects that we've used the data warehouse data in a new way is understanding the relationship between human services and and schools, kids in school. So these two large child serving systems are working with kids all the time. And we, we never, we don't work together on the data side. We only work together in an ad hoc way. And we know that can be improved. Uh, one of the things that we identified as part of, of that data sharing was just reemphasizing the point that a lot of kids are involved in both systems. So over half of the kids in Pittsburgh public schools have prior human services involvement. And, and over a third, nearly 10,000 children were involved with the human services system in the last year. We sought to dig into that data a little bit more. We wanted to look at what factors most predict educational outcomes, not just for our kids, but for all kids in Pittsburgh public schools. We predicted chronic absenteeism, for example, and we found there were a number of key variables that were were important in what led to a child becoming chronically absent. So for among ninth graders, juvenile justice involvement was the most significant predictor. Poverty or income supports was another important predictor, old for grade, child welfare involvement. There were a number of things that were important predictors of chronic absenteeism, but the one that really stuck out to us and stuck out to our partners in the school district was the within school year move. It's hard to do anything about poverty among all ninth graders. Likewise, it's hard to do anything about juvenile justice involvement. The thing that seemed most actionable was working on the within school year move. So a a transfer that that was unexpected can really affect the child's outcomes. And we thought there was a lot that schools could do about this. Um, But what the Department of Human Services sought to do was minimize the school moves we made when uh, removing children from their home to protect them um, from child abuse and neglect. So in 2006, 42% of children had school moves proximate to their child welfare placement. So by 2012, we uh, were down to 14% of kids were moving uh, proximate to their child welfare placement. And we'd like to think that a lot of that movement was intentional, kids that needed to move schools in order to have better education well-being. You also mentioned that the data, the integrated data, can be used to better coordinate care. Can you give us another layer of detail about how that works? So we do our work through a vast network of provider agencies, and they don't know who's going to walk into their into their door. For example, if you're working in a homeless housing program and someone walks in needing support, you have virtually no information about them except what they're willing to provide. However, with integrated data that we are able to share with our provider network, you can find more information about people, connect them back to services that were working for them, help to get them reconnected to the right services. So for example, you can engage that same person who came in and say, I see that you were working with a behavioral health provider on the south side of Pittsburgh last year. Would you like to be reconnected to those services? You know, they may or may not say yes, um, but at least you have that opportunity to ask questions and engage and provide better care from the door. Likewise, uh, our, our child welfare workers would have virtually no information except from their own 
IT system, their own child protective services IT system, when they get calls, they get one of you know 20,000 calls to the hotline every year. Having this information can better engage parents, can connect, as I said, them back to the right services, and can also be an important worker and child safety tool. You know, if, if uh, an adult in the house was just released from the jail, it is better for our workforce to know that. If there's a pending criminal case amongst one of the adults in the house uh, related to domestic violence, it's, it's critical for our workforce to know that, both to most importantly protect families, but also to protect our workforce. So Aaron, tell us what it takes to do this type of work using integrated data. In other words, if a listener to this podcast from a different county in the U.S. or elsewhere says, I want my county to do more with integrated data, what are some of the key resources or elements that it takes? Yeah, it's a good question. We get asked that a lot. I think the the first thing you need, you know, you do need leadership. You do need a, a leader who wants to make this an important part of their work. The other major thing that human services directors are not typically persuaded to do is invest in it. So it's not enough to just want to use analytics and have data. You've got to invest in both the technology infrastructure and analysts to do the work uh, in many, many counties. Um, and, And also in many, many state systems, there's only one or two analysts who can barely move between answering pressing queries and and submitting federal reports. They don't have the time to support management decision making. They don't have this time to go further integrating data with partners, using it to support uh, worker decision making. It's just, it's not practical with, with small investments. Clearly you need trust of your partners. We've worked over long periods of time to gain trust amongst our partners that they want to share data with us, that They trust us to uh, work with them to use it properly. I think those are some of the key things. I'm glad you mentioned the leadership element here, Aaron, as somebody who believes that the leadership aspect of almost every initiative is probably the most important. Can you give us a couple more details about why it's important in this case? Yeah, I think leadership is necessary for a couple of different things. It is sort of courage and a different mindset to what some people might say, divert uh, funding from the, the service system into technology and analytics. I certainly, nor would my boss say that we're diverting money from the service system into these tasks, but many people um, see it that way, where we see it as making all of this work smarter, better, more efficient, and safer f- for our community. It's clear to me, and I think many people have looked at our work that it is a better way to spend resources, but I think it does take political courage to take a dollar of, for example, child welfare or mental health money and invest it smartly in technology and analytics. I'd say one other thing about that. Analytics um, is the easy part. The hard part is using analytics to change practice. And if you don't have leadership willing to think about the findings, um, take the time to understand them, and then work with us and community partners to put them into practice, then then we're just writing reports. And so I think we have all three in Allegheny County and, and, and really all three are required to fully utilize this work. We'll end this portion of the interview here, but I'm going to ask Erin about the next steps for the data warehouse, and I'll post her answer to the website. But for now, my thanks to Erin Dalton for being with us, and thanks for listening.